The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is Goodnight Maryland Radio with your host, Nina Bosky. It's been more than 50 years since the tragic death of one of Hollywood's biggest stars at the time and in history, Marilyn Monroe. Nina seeks to uncover the life and death of this legendary star as it coincides with the pre-production of the feature film Goodnight Marilyn. You'll get a chance to question, explore, and discover the secrets surrounding what really happened that fateful night back in 1962. Let's start the conversation. Here is the host of Goodnight Marilyn Radio, Nina Bosky. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina Bosky for Goodnight Maryland Radio, and welcome to the show as we explore the investigation, the life, and the movie all surrounding Marilyn Monroe. Well, we have some shout-outs today. A very special uh, shout-out to Gary Fataco Robles. Uh, he has been with us, one of the Maryland experts, and uh, he is celebrating a very special birthday. And so happy, happy birthday, Gary. Also, a shout-out to uh, Carmel, California, Clint Eastwood. No, I'm kidding. It's not Clint. Uh, Carla from Carmel. Uh, but you never know. Maybe Clint is uh, giving us a shout-out somewhere in the world. Uh, Jan from Eugene, Oregon. And Natalie from Hamburg, uh, uh, Germany. So uh, all uh, welcome to the show. You have from all over the place, all over the world. We are so glad to have you. And uh, also want to uh, say what today's today's show is really all about is a little different. Uh, we're we're kind of mixing things up and uh, lightening the load here. We are talking about uh, today's theme, Classic Cool Meets Some Like It Hot, as we explore Marilyn's era of old Hollywood. I want to say thank you to Randall Libero, who's our uh, executive producer, Mike Surgit, our engineer, and Drew Masters, our talent booker. Could not do this show without you guys. And before we get started, um, the LA Times wrote a wonderful write-up uh, this last weekend in the calendar section, Forever Maryland. So if you are here in the Los Angeles area, the last performance, it's an opera, believe it or not. It's an opera. Uh, it's kind of wild, but uh, I, I hear it's very, very good. It's this Sunday, March 29th at 2.30 at the Warner Grand, uh, what a classic theater in downtown San Pedro. Go to longbeachopera.org for more information about this wonderful show, Maryland Fans, A Unique Way to Look at Maryland. Well, coming up in just a few minutes is Christine Donovan. Christine has been the director of the Heritage Programs for the Hotel Del Coronado, Southern California's landmark Pacific Resort since 1999. And uh, we'll be talking about, uh, obviously in the title, Some Like It Hot, this weekend as well. March 29th is the 56th anniversary of the movie release of Some Like It Hot. And then uh, coming up, too, in just a little bit, is Kathleen Hughes. She was discovered by a talent scout by 20th Century Fox right after Marilyn Monroe had been dropped by the studio. She's an American film, stage, and television actress who was married to the esteemed screenwriter and film television producer Stanley Rubin. And, of course, that was Marilyn's 1954. He produced it, River of No Return. 
And then later in the hour is an American singer, actor, performer, and the daughter of the legendary Dean Martin and author of the book, Memories Are Made of This. This is going to be a fun show. I'm very excited to have all my guests on uh, with us today. Well, we're just going to take a, a moment just for a couple of reminders. Go to goodnightmarilyn.com. And that way uh, you can join the, the, the community here. And we are uh, definitely, uh, we're having a lot of people sign up. All you have to do is go to the, to the homepage of goodnightmarilyn.com, put in just your first name, not even your last, in your email, and you get all the updates. And then our second reminder, which is a wonderful one, and thank you all of you Maryland fans and actresses out there that have been submitting. We are getting global submissions. As you've heard, we are looking for an actress to play Marilyn. And our tagline in our movie is, Everybody Has a Dream, which uh, all the characters in this movie, you obviously haven't seen it yet, it's not out, but everyone in this movie has a dream from the characters in the film. And Marilyn was the ultimate dreamer. And now here is your shot to have your dream come true. So go to Goodnight Marilyn's website, goodnightmarilyn.com. Look for the global Marilyn search and you can find out how you or somebody you know might have their shot at playing Marilyn. Well, as I said, this week we're switching gears a bit and we're getting into old Hollywood and lightening things up. We'll start breaking down uh, some of the uh, kind of the, the places in the era of that time gone by. So... So let's get this show on the road. The legendary Hotel Dell, as I said, is located on 28 Ocean uh, Front Acres on Coronado Island. It was built in 1988, and it uh, is designated as a National Historic Landmark back in 1977. And uh, today, it's rated one of the top hotels in the world by USA Today, and is situated on one of the nation's best beaches. And I can attest, attest to that. It uh, is one of my favorite, favorite hotels. Christine Don. Donovan has been the director of the heritage programs for the Hotel Dell, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to talk to you again. Oh, yes. I'd love to have you. We had you on when I was doing my Life Bites radio show, and you have a lot of uh, things happening at that uh, hotel besides uh, the Some Like It Hot, which we're going to be talking about it. Uh, So I just want to just insert a little something most people that are listening to this show know what we're talking about when we talk about Some Like It Hot. It is a movie, though, for some of you who have not seen it or don't know anything about it. It is uh, a 1959 American comedy set back in 1929. It's directed by Billy Wilder, starring Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis, and Jack Lemmon. The film is about two musicians who dress in drag in order to escape from the mafia gangsters whom they've just witnessed commit the Valentine's Day Massacre. So uh, with that said, uh, Christine, tell us a little bit about the Hotel Dell. I know I, I described it a little bit, but uh, for those of the, those people who have not visited that location, tell us what, it, what you really, uh, what makes it so special. Well, the Hotel Dell was built in 1888, and it's situated um, on Coronado Island. Um, Coronado's actually a peninsula, but it's very island-like. We're across the bay from San Diego, and the hotel is a beautiful Victorian piece of architecture. It's wonderful to look at. People should at least go see pictures of it because it's so fanciful and inviting looking, and it's right on the ocean. And then meanwhile, the town of Coronado 
is this charming seaside village community. So I always say we have the best of both worlds. The village is a very um, hometown, old-fashioned hometown, but we have this wonderful uh, amenity, sophisticated amenity of the Dell. And then people who are staying at the Dell have the surrounding area be this wonderful um, vacation town with lots of boating and sailing and swimming and walking and jogging and biking and all those sorts of activities. So it's, it's just a lovely place. It definitely is. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, a lot of people who have seen some Like It Hot. There's some great scenes, but one of them is when they're going in and out of the elevator. And when you go into the Hotel uh, Dell today, you can actually go in that same elevator that is very much like it was uh, back in the day. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because actually the all the interior scenes were shot at a soundstage in L.A., So they recreated the Dell's lobby (laughs) down to the pattern of the paneling. But all the exteriors were shot at the Dell. And I like to say we're like a fourth character in the movie. There's Marilyn and Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, and then there's the Dell. And really for people who have never seen the movie, you must see it. Uh, The American Film Institute named it the number one comedy of all times. So it's a magnificent film, and you get a lot of the Dell in watching it. It's wonderful. Well, I, I, you know, you brought up a really, really good point, and I sit there and I go to myself, I cannot believe that all this time I thought that those uh, those scenes were actually being filmed at the Hotel Dell themselves, but they were interiors. I mean, they did a great job of recreating it, obviously. They did, and I've tried to do research on that. I haven't found any thread of how that was um, accomplished or why that was such a priority. I guess that's the question I wonder. Why was it so important that they make it look exactly like the Dell? I'm not sure, but it's been a wonderful legacy for us. Well, for people like ourselves that go back into the Hotel Dell and don't know any difference, we think it was actually filmed there. So that's actually a really wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, aspect to it. But of course, you're, you know, revealing to us some of the some of the fun uh, hidden secrets of the Hotel Dell and some like it hot. What is something that we might not know similar to that that uh, actually went on during the filming of some like it hot uh, with Marilyn and Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis? Gosh, there are a lot of things, actually. <laughs> a couple come to mind for your, for your listeners who are such Maryland um, fans. There are quite a few movie posters where they used a stand-in for Maryland. And if you look at them closely, you can see that it's not really Maryland in the movie posters. And I met the woman who stood in for her. She was one of, she played one of the girls in the band, which is, you know, the storyline uh, of the movie. Is it uh, Evelyn, I think it is? Is it Evelyn Moratti, I think it is, that uh, may, may be one of her uh, stand-ins there? You know, I'm not sure. I, yeah. I really, yeah. I don't have her name, but she she did actually pose for these um, stills that wow. were used to promote the movie. So that, I think, is incredibly interesting. Another thing that I was thinking about this this morning, getting ready for this interview, since you are talking about that period in history, 
um, Marilyn did not want to do the movie. And that, that's my understanding. You may know more about that than I do. Um, it's my understanding she did not want to do the movie. She was tired of playing dumb blondes. But at that time, she was married to Arthur Miller. Yes. The, who was, um, you know, such an acclaimed playwright in, in the 50s. And she was married to him, and he was being investigated by the House Un-American Activities Committee. Yes. And so he, this is what I've read, he needed the money to, to mount his defense for that. And mm. so he kind of pushed Marilyn into doing the film. Wow, I have inter- to, I'm going to have to check on that because that's an interesting, uh, I've never heard that before, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. But it would be interesting to verify if that actually is a fact, you know? So that's yes, good. I don't, uh, who knows what mm-hmm. talk was between them, but that mm-hmm. was going on at the time. And of course, the next book he wrote, The Crucible, the next play he wrote, The Crucible, was really a, uh, it was a, it, it, he had written that before, and that's what got him in trouble with the, uh, the committee. But yeah. anyway, I think that's very interesting. What's, 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 you know, equally interesting is that that is the most shown Marilyn Monroe movie on TV today. Yes. So yes. it's very popular. <laughs> and, um, well, it is and very popular. I, and I think she's lovely in it. Um, there was, there, almost everything you read about the filming of that movie was that she was hard to work with. She was not hard to work with at the Dell, interestingly. And Billy Wilder later said he thought it was because there was a live audience there. There were so many onlookers. And they could get really close to her back in those days. So she was actually um, very happy at the Dell, and she knew her lines and all that. But in general, she, she had such a hard time with that movie. But it, it really doesn't come across on, uh, on the film, no, I mean, it doesn't. Film, it doesn't. Just heavenly. Well, we have to. Unfortunately, we have to take a break. This is such a short segment. We're probably going to have to have you back at another date, and we'll talk more about uh, the movie "Some Like It Hot." Uh, this segment goes by so quickly. Um, but one of the things I think it was is she was also going through some some big personal, uh, you know, life uh, changes at that time too. So um, she certainly, uh, you know, as the biggest star as she was, it. Uh, you know, uh, the good news is, is that uh, that film, Some Like It Hot, uh, lives with us still today. So I want to say thank you, uh, Christine Donovan, for being with us today and sharing a little bit about uh, the movie Some Like It Hot and the Hotel Dell. Well, thank you for having me. It was lots of fun, Nina. All right. You take good care. Uh, you're listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. I'm Nina Bosky, and we'll be back in just a moment. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. 
Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, I'm Greg Schreiner for Marilyn Remembered. Did you know that Marilyn had to borrow clothing from the studio when she needed a gown to wear out for publicity purposes? She really had very little in her own wardrobe, so she would go to the studios and they would either loan her something she had worn in a film or something another star had worn in a film. Most stars would never have done anything like that. They would never be caught dead wearing their own costumes from the movies, but Marilyn didn't care. She just wanted to look wonderful. For Good Night Marilyn Radio and Marilyn Remembered, I'm Greg Schreiner. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Good Night Marilyn Radio. I'm your host, Nina Bosky. I'd like to bring on my next guest, Kathleen Hughes, who was discovered by a talent scout by 20th Century Fox right after Marilyn Monroe had just been dropped by the studio. She's an American film stage and television actress who was married to the esteemed screenwriter and film and television producer Stanley Rubin. And he was uh, responsible for the 1954 uh, movie of River of No Return. He produced that movie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kathleen. Uh, hi, Nina. Uh, it's so good to have you. I had the pleasure of talking and sitting next to you right after the, the party celebration at the, the memorial service of, of uh, Maryland each year at Greg Schreiner's Maryland Rem- Remembered event. Um, and you heard me say then that I think I was born in the wrong era, the golden age of Hollywood. So fascinates me. So let's talk about Maryland, but also let's talk about you as a, as a young starlet. Okay. All right. So you, um, you know, last segment we were talking about the Hotel Dell and Some Like It Hot, uh, and you were telling me a little bit about uh, the Hotel Dell. You guys used to uh, actually uh, go visit the Hotel Dell yourself. Every summer when our children were very young, we used to go to the Hotel Dell for about a week every summer, and we loved it. We just loved it. 
Well, it was back uh, back in the day, and uh, of uh, you know, and it's still just as popular as it was uh, back in uh, you know the golden age of of Hollywood. You know, Kathleen, you have so many wonderful stories, and uh, you know, back in 20th Century Fox, what was it like being a young starlet up and coming in Hollywood? Well, it was a lot of fun. And Fox was a wonderful studio to be under contract to, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, I bet you did, but uh, you have some fun ones. Um, so how did you, uh, or how did Marilyn actually get the part? Um, you were, I, I remember you telling me a, a wonderful story about uh, Marilyn and you and how you encountered her or didn't encounter her in terms of a film role. Tell us a little little bit about that. Well, in 1949, um, 20th Century Fox, where I had just been put under contract, they were casting a picture called A Ticket to Tomahawk with Dan Daly. And they wanted to use four contract players to play four dancing girls. I was asked if I knew how to dance. And I said, (laughs) I don't know. I've never tried. (laughs) which was true. I mean, I never had any opportunity to dance. So a studio dance director took me over to a soundstage, and he spent from from 9 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock that night trying to teach me one little time step. And in those days, I had two left feet, and (laughs) I couldn't pick it up. And at 6 o'clock, the dance director threw up his hands and told them I was hopeless. So (laughs) guess who they got to fill in for me? Marilyn Monroe. And weeks later, I sat on the stage and I watched Marilyn dance the little part that I had flunked out on. And, you know, I've never seen the movie. I'd sure like to see it. I don't know if it's available anywhere, but I would love to see, you know, what I missed out on. Yeah, to say the movie again, and I'm sure we're going to Google it and see if we can find it somewhere. What's the name of the movie again? A Ticket to Tomahawk with Dan Daly. Wow, I haven't haven't heard that one. But the, the funny thing is, I had seen Marilyn the previous year, at a Fox Studio Club show. Uh, The Studio Club consisted of people behind the camera and occasionally contract players. And um, it it was secretaries and mailroom people and just, you know, all the people that worked on the lot. And uh, my cousin, Diana Herbert, who is an actress, she was studying on the lot although she was not under contract. Uh, Her father, F. Hugh Herbert, was under contract as a writer-director, and so he got her uh, on the lot to study with the coaches. Anyway, the studio was abuzz about this young contract player who was so great. Mm-hmm. She could sing and dance and was just absolutely fantastic and gorgeous. And the number that I saw her perform in this show was just sensational. It was called 
I never took a lesson in my life. And sometimes when I mention this to people, they start singing the song. Wow. I mean, they just (laughs) never forgot seeing her do this number. Now, she had just been dropped from the studio. And I thought, if any of the studio executives from Fox see this show, they're going to realize what a mistake they made. They're going to re-sign her. Yeah. They didn't, so maybe they never saw her. But they called her back for Tomahawk because they knew she could dance. And then they put her in All About Eve, and the rest is history. Wow. Now, you um, you met your husband, Stanley Rubin, and you have that famous line that I love that you said, you've said before, not only to me, but to other people, and it's all around Marilyn, and uh, you, do you know what I'm talking about in terms of the line? No. Oh, you, you will when I'll say the line, and you'll, you'll, and correct me if I'm saying it, uh, if I'm not saying it the way that you have said it. You said, well, you know what, I might not have gotten the part, you know, Marilyn might have gotten the part, but I got the man. <laughs> you remember saying that to me? That was such a wonderful little uh, little quote there, and that has to do with that. Obviously, she was, uh, you know, uh, the the in your husband's film, uh, River of No Return. What did he say about her? Do you remember what he would say about her? Oh yes, uh, he said that they got along very very well, and he had absolutely no problem with her ever well and, and yeah and you know that uh you know from that perspective in regards to you know her how did you and your husband meet stanley rubin because he's he's an accomplished obviously screenwriter and producer that went on to not only uh you know be in the movie business but then uh, went on to do television as well yeah well uh we had both been under contract to fox at the same time, but I never met him then. And, I mean, he was under contract as a writer-producer. Then Fox dropped me, and I was signed by Universal. And then Universal signed him. And I used to see him every day in the commissary, at the opposite end of the commissary. And since he was a new producer on the lot... I would smile at him every day at lunch. Bat, bat your eyes. And then he started asking me out. And I didn't want to go out with him. I mean, I was dating actors, and I didn't want to go out with a producer. And oh, God, no, not a producer. Silly me. And so one of the actors that I was, sort of dating, invited me to a party. And he knew everybody. And at the party was my future husband, Stanley Rubin. And so he introduced me, of course, to Stanley. And I said, how do you do? And then I turned around to see if there was anybody exciting in the room. (laughs) <laughs> I had no idea that I had just met my future husband. Well, that's sometimes how it works, huh? Yeah. Well, and how beautiful, too, because how long have you guys been married? Or how long were you married? We were married for 59 years. 
Yeah, so that was some, some uh, what is it, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you didn't even know if you wanted to go out with him again. That's, that's, uh, that's quite a, a, an impression, 59 years. That's a whole lifetime. Yes, it is. And it was a wonderful marriage, and I was very, very lucky to have married yeah. him. Well, he died not- a year ago. Yeah, he did, and what a wonderful legacy to uh, to have of him and of your marriage and your family. And uh, just want to also just say thank you so much, Kathleen Hughes, for being on with us today. You uh, certainly uh, lived in an era of the golden age, and you have some wonderful memories and uh, wonderful stories to tell. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. I'm Nina Bosky, and we'll be back with Dina Martin up next. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, everybody. I'm Nina Bosky, and all hour we've been talking classic cool meets some like it hot. 
So before I bring on my next guest, I would like to uh, share with you this week's Life Bites. It says, life is about playing. Yes, I think this is a good time to play. We're having fun and we're lightening things up. We can start playing with life, relaxing, and enjoying the ride. So when we do, we can start to see all the magical things happening around us. So for this week, if you're running around so serious about things, remember to stop and play. Take time to let go just for a while. We think that if we focus on our problems and we stay in a constant state of worry and stress, we'll find a solution. Well, actually, the opposite is true. Take a short break from your troubles, laugh, play, cuddle, dream, whatever it is. Have a gut-wrenching belly laugh. You'll find that you are more refreshed, clear, and ready to get back into the game we call life. Also like to give you uh, this week's misquote from Marilyn. Marilyn's misquote. Uh, Mary Jane Gray came up with this wonderful idea. This is a quote that Marilyn did not say. It's a wonderful quote, but she didn't say it. Keep smiling because life is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And there is so much to smile about. There is, but she did not say that. So, well, you know, as uh, some people have uh, described him as the ultimate cool Rat Pack member, Dean Martin, today I have the honor of having one of my favorite guests on, a wonderful performer, singer, entertainer, and as classic cool in her own right, Dina Martin. It um, probably is in her family genes, I'm sure. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nina. Thank you for having me on. Well, you know, you've you've said this uh, before, but in your book you say this. You mentioned that uh, you know when you when somebody mentions your your father, they always have a smile on their face, uh, and you say that's one of the best legacies uh, for you. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, everybody loved Dean Martin. I have never met, uh, I've never uh, heard anything you know really negative about him or anything like that. People just adored him. And I know that, first of all, when I hear him sing, I can, I can hear the smile on his face. You know, I mean, he really <laughs> has that, uh, that happiness when he sings. But as far as, uh, as people saying that they make him smile, I mean, that uh, he made them smile, it's because he brought so much joy to them. I know yeah. that people would feel, if they saw my dad walking down the street, they would feel comfortable going up to him and saying, Hi, Dean, you know, I'm your biggest fan. And they know that he would have been nice and respectful and, and sweet to them. And that's not how it is with a lot of people. <laughs> but but yeah. with my dad, you know, he was, he was a, a, a good guy, and, uh, and people knew it. Uh, not to mention, because his... Um, Aside from all the uh, the music and the you know the fabulous songs and and shows that he would do, say in Vag- in Vegas or or the movies, he was in their homes every Thursday night with the Dean Martin Variety Show. So he became like uh, you know their friends. People really you know thought of him as uh, you know uh, Uncle Dean. You know he was he was always in their house once a week for all those years. So he brought a lot of joy to people. Where did he actually get his voice? I mean, was it always there for him, or how did did he develop it? Or was it just uh, you know something that came natural? Well, it was a beautiful natural voice that he had. He there were people, of course, that he admired, uh, especially the Mills brothers. Bing Crosby, of course, was uh, you know a huge star at that time. But uh, as far as Dad was concerned, he loved Harry Mills from the Mills brothers. 
But as I say, you know, my dad had that natural, uh, gorgeous, God-given voice, and he he turned it into, uh, you know, Dean Martin. Well, and also... Yeah, and ahead. also your your voice too. I mean, and the fact that it uh, did you know as a little girl that that's what you wanted to do as well? I did. I did. I, lucky for me, I was given ballet lessons, tap lessons, uh, piano lessons, and I was a bit of a ham, you know, growing up. <laughs> of course, all all the Martins were. You know, if you have a dad like Dean Martin, but uh, I remember always wanting to do that. There was no doubt in my mind that I was going to go into show business, but going to Las Vegas for the first time when I was a little girl and watching him on stage, you know, when he would walk out and the people around me, the audience would go, oh, there he is. You know, and he he looked so gorgeous in his tuxedo and the red pocket square, and then he would sing and make people laugh. I said, you know, I've got to do that because it was magical. Oh, I bet it was magical. It was one of I went to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, it was a while ago, and they were they had the the re kind of the remake of the Rat Pack show, right? And it's still fun. But I remember thinking to myself, "Boy, would it have been fun to be there at that time and place when they were all performing like that?" It was. It was. Excuse me. Uh, totally, totally different from I think what you see now. And you know, it's nice. You know, people are. Um, you know, trying to bring that bring that back. But for me, sometimes when I'm seeing a uh, a Rat Pack show that they're doing now, you know, the tribute shows, uh, sometimes I'm very disappointed because they uh, do not um, they don't treat my dad with the respect that he should have had. Sometimes they play him really drunk, and I find that to be very offensive because that's not who he was. So for me, in in my in my mind, when I see some of these shows, I'm thinking, oh gosh. You know, too bad the people who are seeing these right now, because they're, that's not who they were. That's not what they were doing. It's a shame that people didn't get to see the real guys who were up there who were classy. And, uh, you know, not, nothing against some of these. You know, there are some, you know, great singers who get up and do this. But as far as some of them, when they're playing Dean Martin, I, I really do find it offensive. But, well, you know, inter- you've got to give them credit for trying, I guess. Well, it's interesting, you know, you say that because it's almost like a caricature of somebody, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing that happens with Marilyn, I would imagine, happens with your dad. That was one aspect of what he would play sometimes when he would be on his television show. But by all means, when I think of your dad, I certainly don't think of that aspect of him. To me, he just represents elegance, I mean, the ultimate cool. How would you describe your father? He was. He was He was. First of all, he was like no one you would ever meet in your life. There was, he had a look in his eye. It's like he knew something that we didn't know. You know, he never got mad. You know, he was just, he was easy. He was that smooth, uh, smooth and cool. Uh, he was funny. He, he just lived his life in a different way. You know, he would, he would get up in the morning, and if he wasn't going to work on a, a movie, or, or recording or something, he would, you know, go play golf. He just, yeah. he, he liked to relax, and, and then, you know, he would play cards with his friends, you know, after, and then come home, you know, for dinner at night. He was, he had a different kind of an attitude, and you really couldn't get him upset, you know, for my dad. And he was, you know, Italian. He was Italian. <laughs> when he, you know, he wouldn't say anything. And then oh, finally so- when he had it up to here, he had it up to here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, just, so it's you know just nice and sweet. Okay, you've gone too far. That's it. 
That's and it. That's how, and it was simple and easy, and, uh, you know, I mean, and that's, that's who he was. You know, this is my house. There's the door. You want to live by my rules? You're here. You know, if not, uh, you know, you can, you can leave. <laughs> and, so, and that was like his attitude in life. Not that he would have wanted any of us to leave, but, you know, I'm trying to make a point that he was just, uh, he was no nonsense, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, and you get seems... up, you go to work, you do your work, and you come home, and that's how he was. Yeah, and it, it sounded like he was very dedicated. And one of the things that you say in your book, Memories Are Made of This, is that, you know, that you both, and you, you obviously have carried on this uh, trait as well, that you were internal optimists. So you woke up in the morning just in a happy mood. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm mean, just yeah. so lucky to be alive and to be able to do what we're doing. Um, he, you know, and, you know, what's interesting about my dad is, you know, he's a Gemini, so he's, you know, he's, He's two things. He can get out there and be, uh, you know, out there and entertain everybody and just be fabulous doing that and be happy doing that and then go home and be quiet and, uh, you know, watch a, a Western on TV and have, you know, something nice to eat and be happy doing that. Yeah, very you know, much. And Marilyn was a Gemini as well. He was born June 7th, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, June 7th. What um, a question I have for you, because this is very uh you, I love your book because you're very candid in the book. Uh, yes. Memories are made of this. You say that your dad was a good man, but he was not a good father. Tell us a little bit more about that. In in those days, you know, and now he was a a great dad. I could say he wasn't. You know, he was a great man, but as a father, he didn't know. And I and I'm thinking in in those days, uh, men weren't hands on like they are today. It's totally different. In uh, when I say he wasn't a good father, in the way he wouldn't pick me up from school and uh, you know teach uh, you know and sit down and do my homework with me. Yes. He really didn't want to hear uh, you know problems. He wanted you to come with him with you know nice things. So it wasn't that that hands on you know taking me to my ballet lesson or anything. But he was very very busy. But I do not think that he knew how to do that or that it was even expected of him. Yeah, you know, well, and, and, and back yeah. in that day, to your point, you know, women did the more of the nurturing stuff and the, right. the males were the providers. You know, if your dad were here, were here right now, what do you think he'd say about you, um, given the fact that, you know, and maybe he didn't say this when he was alive, given all you've done and accomplished over the last, uh, you know, since his death? Oh, gosh, I think he would be so proud. He would be, uh, you know, he would... I'm sure he would want to get out there and sing with me, you know, <laughs> because it's a whole, it's a whole different ball game now, and I think that he would he would be so proud of all of the things that that, that I've accomplished and that that we have done with the albums and the and the shows and uh, and you know traveling around and and really working really really hard. That's what he instilled in me. And he would be very proud that I am always on time, or early. You know, he, he said, always be early, know all the lyrics, stand on your mark, you know, sing from your heart, make people, you know, feel better, you know, when you leave. Don't give anybody a hard time. That's who he was. And that's, that's the way I am. And, and my husband, thank God, I've got my handsome husband, John, who's my uh, manager, uh, producer, director, uh, uh, he does all my albums. He does all the work, and we are together twenty twenty four seven. I mean, it's really it's it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable. 
and well, I don't know not... how he does everything he that he accomplishes, but but we have worked so hard, um, and it's it's really paying off. And I think Dad would just be uh, you know over the moon. Yeah, I I definitely would think that too. It just uh, I had that thought this morning. I thought to myself, I wonder what he'd think about all this. So we're gonna have to take a quick break. Uh, my guest is Dina Martin. You're listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. I have had the pleasure of talking with Dina Martin. She is a singer, an actress, a performer. She has a wonderful book out called Memories Are Made of This. It's about her relationship with her father, Dean Martin. Uh, Mr. Classic Cool, as we've been talking about, Classic Cool means meets uh, some like it hot. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking a, a little bit b- about your father and what he would be thinking about you. What is one thing about your father that most people would be surprised about to hear? Uh, well, you know, uh, two things you know, uh, come to mind. They would be surprised that he, he loved to read the funny papers. <laughs> really? He liked, he, yeah, he did. I mean, that was, it was stuff. I mean, he would, you know, an Al Cap and everything, he would read those first in the, in the newspaper before he would go, go to play golf. And uh, he was um, really afraid of elevators. Oh, wow. He didn't want wow. to go in elevators, so they would, uh, you know, usually put him on the, you know, second floor, somewhere where he, where he could walk up. So that's pretty interesting. He just didn't, he didn't like, you know, he was like claustrophobic, uh, you know, about things like that. He really didn't, didn't like to go in an elevator. Now, he was also, I mean, the one thing I've heard about your father, um, especially, uh, you know, as uh, the, you know, the big family with Jeannie and the, the kids, you guys have definitely, are you the only performer, though, out of all the children? Uh, no, you know, my brother Ricky does it, uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. he does, and um, 
you know, of course, my brother Dino was, and my yes. sister Claudia, and you know, oh, okay. Gail. But I'm, you know, really the one who's out there um, keeping it, keeping it going. Yeah, you're keeping it, definitely keeping it going. But he was a family man. He would always come back home, wouldn't he? I mean, in terms of dinner and like really making sure that he was um, with you and and Jeannie and the children. Yes, it's it's true, and and it was it was fun. Yeah, and you would wait for you know wait for your father to get home. You know, I mean that was uh, <laughs> that was wonderful. And they would, in fact, my dad would go to, uh, sit down at the bar with uh, with mom, and they would have a cocktail. They would he would probably have a beer, and she'd have um, uh, well she would have a beer with him too. And they'd have uh, <laughs> a, a cocktail before dinner, and then it was either I'm trying to think it was an hour or a half hour. You know that they had alone time together, and then we could all come in and you know and bother them. And oh, uh, yeah. we would watch, yeah, and then we'd have dinner together, and that was quite quite something. Big uh, dinner table, seven kids, you know, and our parents, and and uh, you know, he was so funny. I mean, he really was. So it was interesting to uh, sit down and talk with him, uh, talk with him every night, and uh, you know, he liked he liked to come, he liked to be home. He didn't want to go out and party. That wasn't yeah. him. And I'm yeah. kind of, and I'm very much like that myself. Yeah, the very much of the being out in public and then coming home. And that was a lot like Marilyn in a lot of ways. I mean, she mm-hmm. was a public persona, but yet, you know, most people don't realize that she really relished her her solo time. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about Marilyn and your dad. I know that uh, that your dad had a fondness for Marilyn, but Marilyn had a, a very big fondness for your dad as well. Yes, they did. And and what was interesting is when uh when they were making the movie uh, something's got to give. Like that was the last uh, the last movie. And the uh, the studio wanted to let Marilyn go, but dad said, you know, no. He said, uh, you know, she's in it with me. He was always a very loyal friend. Yeah, and, and he- you know, and that I don't know if it was, you know, his Italian thing. This is it, you know, it was, you know, my word. I said I was going to do this. I'm going to do it. Uh and that and that's who he was. And I remember, uh, you know, and what a, a wonderful memory for me was, <clears throat> excuse me, my uh, brother Dino and and I, we did the uh, the twist for Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> you know, at our house in Beverly Hills, you know, sitting down in the uh, in the living room, and we did the twist to Bobby Darin singing "Up a Lazy River." Well, the old, you know, it's a memory that I will never forget. She had on her scarf, uh-huh. and uh, and she was sitting there and. And you know, and Dino and I were going. Oh my gosh, it's Marilyn Monroe! So it was. Wow. Uh, it was exciting. It was exciting then. And yeah, it, did it, she did she get up and do the twist with you? I can imagine. No, her she didn't. Like... She laughed though. <laughs> <laughs> now, how old were the two of you at the time? Oh gosh, had to be. Uh, you know, I'm thinking twelve, um, eleven. You know, uh, young, old enough to know who she was and what you know and how amazing she was. And to be, you know, so young to, but be impressed with her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, also I think Tony Curtis used to come. Did Tony Curtis used to come to your house? I'm not sure of that. Oh, did yeah, he? Tony. Yeah. Oh, yes, he, yes, he did. You know, it's funny that you were talking about Some Like It Hot. I did an, an episode of The Monkees, and they called it Some Like It Lukewarm. <laughs> so that it was a whole takeoff on there was a girl band and a boy band. And so the monkeys, you know, with their boy band, they had to have one girl to enter this competition. And I had a girl band, so we had to have one boy to enter the competition. So I dressed up like a boy, 
and Davy dressed up like a girl, and we went to the Battle of the Bands, and of course we fall in love. So that's it. Was the little takeoff on, you know, uh, some like it hot. Yeah, so it was, some like some it like hot. It, some like it lukewarm. <laughs> there, there you go. You know, there you, you gotta, go. You gotta love that. So, so tell us: is there anything else? Of, you know, with the Maryland fans that are out there, is there any other nuances that you and you could tell about your father in Maryland? Uh, the loyalty was there. Was there any other stories that you can remember? You may or may not be able to, but I, I thought I would at least throw that one All out. Right. There. Well, you know, I I know that he adored her, and of course, he just thought she was so gorgeous. I do have a little photograph. Uh, that she gave to him, and it says to Dean, love Norma Jean. Aww. I have that. So, and it was you know before the real blonde hair, and uh, you know, so I mean they went back a long time. But I have, I've you know fabulous pictures of of them together, also with Jerry Lewis, you know, and, and the three of them. And she always looked fabulous, and he just thought she was uh, you know a, a very good entertainer. And a, yeah. a wonderful actress, and and thought she was you know underrated as as the, uh, gosh, as the actress that she that she really was. But well, he, and just, it, it, he just thought she was so sweet and kind. You make a good point because that seems to be a theme over and over and over again from people that have been on the show is that they don't most people don't realize really what a talent she was and how hard she worked at her craft. And speaking of that, you you work very hard on your craft. So tell us what's going on. Uh, I know one thing. This is big news. Memories are made of this. The the book is actually going to be turned into a movie. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, it is. It's very exciting. You know. Oh, not to mention uh, just a, a couple weeks ago. The book, Memories Are Made of This, now mind you, I wrote it in 2004, and it was, you know, a bestseller then. It just came out in the Wall Street Journal e-books. It's in the top ten. Wow. And this yeah. is now, you know, ten years, eleven years later. So I was very proud of that, to see that hit uh, hit that uh, high of a mark. So that was that was great. But Yes. Uh, Joe Montaigne is going to direct. Wow. The movie. And uh, if, if some of your listeners have an idea of who could play Dean Martin, I would love to hear <laughs> some suggestions. And um, Jennifer Love Hewitt is going to play me. Oh, wow. She's that's, a that's, fabulous actress. And, she sure is. Yeah. And we're a very sim- And she's a very good singer. So she yeah. will be able to pull it off. And hopefully, you know, Bonnie Hunt is writing the screenplay. Oh, We've wow, all that's... been. And she's an unbelievable Dean Martin fan, but she's a great talent and and so humorous. And she loved she loved my dad. So it will be written with the respect, the respect that it uh, it needs, and the humor. So that's that's all very exciting. And um, still, and well, can't, we're doing can't the global out. search. We're doing the global search for Maryland. We could put in there for Dean too. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> good, go. <laughs> good idea, a so, good idea. So where will you be performing? Well, actually, now you know what. Well, on um, let me see. This coming weekend, oh, actually on on Easter, I'm going to be in Cape May at the. Oh wow! The, yeah, it will be great. But now, are you in LA? I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles because I will be uh, singing two nights at the San Diego Symphony with oh, wow. ninety ninety five uh, piece orchestra. Uh, oh my gosh! On, uh, eight, let me see. I am there on April tenth and eleventh. Oh, April 11th is my birthday. So, yeah, there Are we you go. So, me? yeah, April, April 11th, 11th is, is my, my birthday. It's my sister's birthday also. Oh, wow. So, uh, uh, come to the symphony. We'll imagine all of my fabulous arrangements being played yes. by 99 musicians, you know, with the wow. strings and the oboes and the violas. 
Yes. And, you know, so, so I'll be there. But I would love for people to, oh, you know what, if you can't make San Diego, come to Las Vegas. Because Las I'm Vegas. going to be uh, doing um, Dina Martin's Big Band Swing. So oh, I'd love big... to do that. That would be fun. Yeah. Now, now, Dina, I have to close the show, but we go to dinamartin.com for all yes. of your show events. Um, yes. Love to see you. It's dinamartin.com with one N, not two, dinamartin.com. Right. Thank you so much for giving us a little insight into your dad and to yourself and to your wonderful family. All right. Thank you, Nina. Have a great weekend. All right. You Alrighty. too. Bye-bye. All right. I'd like to thank all my guests. This is wrapping up another show. I can't believe it's already over. Coming up next week, we'll have the Maryland expert, Lois Banner, back with us. Douglas Kirkland, one of the most well-known uh, Maryland photographers, you know, those uh, those bedroom wonderful uh, photo- you know photos. And then we'll have Maryland impersonator ha- Holly Beaven in here with us. And we'll be talking about love Maryland style, the loves and sex appeal of Marilyn Monroe. I want to thank my guest, Christine Donovan, the Heritage Director of the Hotel Dell. Of course, Kathleen Hughes for sharing her wonderful stories. And of course, Dina Martin. Check out dinamartin.com. She has a special event coming up in San Diego, April 10th and 11th. Well, until next time, I'm Nina Bosky for Goodnight Maryland Radio. And remember, never stop dreaming. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Good Night Maryland Radio with Nina Bosky can be heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in again next week.